Okay. Today was kind of a special day. Uh, one of my dream guests is a guest today with his daughter. It's Dr. Drew Pinsky and his daughter, Paulina, who have written a book called It Doesn't Have to Be Awkward, Dealing with Relationships, Consent, and Other Hard-to-Talk-About Stuff. Uh, you know, I, I've known Drew for a, a while now through Bert, and he is a friend of our family. And so I don't want anyone to think that I am being biased. <laughs> But I love this book. This book was really, really helpful. Um, it's written for 12-year-old and up. Uh, depending on the maturity of your 12-year-old, I think this book is amazing. It talks about um, how to be in a healthy relationship, how to know a relationship is not healthy. And a relationship can be with yourself. It doesn't have to be with another person. It could be with your parents. It could be with a boyfriend. They kind of run the gamut of of relationships, but the focus is about, you know, teenage relationships and how to navigate them. Uh, they touch on some LGBTQ um, language that was so helpful for me um, and sex and a little bit on uh, drinking and drugs, but mostly about trust, compassion and boundaries, TCB. I just love this book. I can't say enough uh, about it, good things about it. I listened to this book on audiobook and thought it was fantastic, but it is also obviously available in hardcover and you can buy it at Amazon or anywhere you buy books. Uh, highly, highly recommend it if you have kids uh, or if you don't. It was just a great book and easy to read. I flew through this book. So I hope you enjoy my talk today. We talked about this. We talked about relationships. We talked about their relationship with each other. We had a great conversation. Paulina is beautiful and lovely and uh, such a great writer. So I'm super excited to share this episode with you this week with Dr. Drew and his daughter, Paulina. I hope you enjoy it. If you have any questions, please email me. Um, you can go to wifeoftheparty.com um, and send me an email. Thank you for showing up every week. Thank you for all your emails and all your podcast topic suggestions. I appreciate all of them. So enjoy and maybe pick up a copy of It Doesn't Have to Be Awkward and give it a read. Thank you. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. that I am happy we're talking about this book, but I want to talk to you about father daughter okay. because everything are we going yeah. father are we on there? daughter? Are we starting? Are we starting? Okay. Right. Because father in the other room in physical therapy is struggling with daughter number one. Mm. And I keep telling him what they're going through is super normal and not a big deal. And Mr. I am hypersensitive, super emotional. My heart gets broken. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, don't, I don't understand who you were talking about. I go like this and his heart breaks. He's like, what has happened? You're leaving me. I'm like, it worked I, for the movie. Right. It helped make him be a, made him be a good actor in the, from the film. Right. Right. right? Yes. So. It made him a very good actor. Yeah. But yeah, he in Georgia, 
are so occasionally bumping heads. Mm. I mean, it's like, and she is a good kid. She breaks a rule here and there, but nothing major. I am not concerned about her at all. Not even sort of. No, I thought Isla was more like him. No? You're older Georgia is, uh, is Bert's twin. Oh, so that's what I And nobody knows okay. that. Yeah. So but, she, he mentioned to me that somebody was just like him. And so it makes perfect sense that he would conflict then. Yes. Yeah. Isla is actually a lot like me, but Isla has yeah. a, a lot of Bert's anxiety. Mm. Um, Georgia has anxiety also, but... Um, the only thing that's different about the two of them, Bert, Bert and Isla are both dyslexic. Georgia has no learning distinctions at all. She's just a regular, typical learner. Um, that's the only thing that we've swapped. Other than that, they are the same. And she will say something and he will go, I just can't believe that she said that. And I go, you can't really? Because you've said the exact same thing to me before. So why are you upset with her for being exactly like you? Yeah. They've just had this. I think it's one-sided. I think he feels this big struggle and she's like, I don't get it. Um, do you remember that when she was Our in struggle? high school? Not like that. No? No. I would uh, say that he and my brother, who is exactly like him, yeah. struggle. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Because we're, we're alike, but I don't know. Maybe it's the gender difference. I don't know. Because we're, I feel like no, nah, because I, I think like, you were busy conflicting with your mom. Yeah, <laughs> so, I had a lot of, so. a lot of Choose conflict a team. with my mom. Yeah, right. Choose a team. Yeah. Well, Isla and I have always butted heads because yeah. we're very stubborn. We very much know our mind. We very, we're very immovable when we're certain about something. And so, if I am certain she should do her homework and she is certain she should not, it is an immovable. Complete impasse. The, the the thought bubble over my head when I would be around their conflict, I would think, and and this is I don't mean this to sound pejorative about the parent, but it would I would just would occur to me was like who is the adult? Which which yes. where's the adult in the room here? I, I'm I'm getting confused because the adult suddenly starts behaving a little bit like the child. Yeah, that happens <laughs> so, for both of us. Yeah, I do with Isla, and Bert definitely does with Georgia, yeah. where I keep having to remind myself and him. We have to remain the adult. You can't be the child yeah, or the parent. That's exactly right. Because once you're a parent, you're an oppressor, sort of. You're like, you will do what I say right. because I say so. Right. That's that's big boy. Oh, he's doing that now. Oh, oh really? Interesting. Oh, that does not sound like him. The king gets what the king wants. <laughs> Oh the king God. wants you to stay home and watch a movie tonight. And I'm like, she's 17. It's Saturday. Are you joking? I'd be worried if is she did want to But I, th I bet you what's underlying that is more his own guilt about not being home yes, enough. Yes, 100%. Kind of yeah. But that's not her responsibility Absolutely to take care not. of. Yeah, yeah. He needs to clean that up for himself. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. anyway. That's so, I'm just thinking about, you know, who's the parent. And I feel like with mom, we went on a trip recently and she turned to me and she goes, you need to remind me to go pee every once in a while. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Role reversal. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, I am the mom now. Yeah. I am well, that def now. definitely eventually happens. Trust me. That, that will, that's soon enough. You'll like see it or not. Little, right. Yeah. Those role, role reversals do happen. But, but I, I, are you, are you, has Isla started to think about where she wants to go to school yet? Isla or Georgia? Georgia's the senior. Oh, George is the older. Wait, yeah, wait I get, that's older. why I get confused. Yeah, yeah. Okay, George so is the George older. is more like Bert. Yes. And George is the senior. Yes. And, so she, and she was at the, both of them were at the yeah. uh, thing. She's the okay. tall, yes. tall girl. And, and um, <laughs> what? Because I can tell she's sort of done with, with she's sort of, 
I don't, I don't want this. I'm sounding pejorative. I don't want to, but she's just like, she's done with all of this, all the comedy stores and everything. She just seemed like, man, whatever, whatever. Well, whatever you know, it's been an interesting life for them, I think, because we haven't, they've never seen him live, perform live ever mm. really? because his, his not appropriate. Mm. Yeah. Right. And half the stuff he's talking about is me. And it's sexual. Mm. So it's not appropriate. And them too. And them. Yeah. And like, you At least know, it used to be more about them, right? It used to be. Yeah. It kind of still is, but yeah. in a different kind of lane. Yeah, yeah. Um, more, it's more, more he takes the fall now rather than making fun of them. Yeah. Remember when he had them, you had them watch something that he had did? Yes. And they were like confused. They thought it was that you were making fun of us? What? I yes, yes. That. So we were like, until they're a certain age, he just needs to be dad who tells jokes for a living. They have no real interest in understanding even his work. They right. don't really yeah. care. Right. They don't want to watch comedy special. Like they don't want to watch Nate Bargatze. They don't really care. They don't, they're not. They curious might get at into all. the movie though when that comes out. They might they'll be at the premiere and stuff. And yeah, and we've let them. them do their own pace. You know, yeah. he needs to be just dad. It uh, always that yeah. period period that, that's one. that should be his job just yeah. keep all the rest of it out just from the beginning yeah. we were like let's just act like you're at the bank yeah, yeah. the bank's just like you know a couple hours away you don't come home for you know until once a week but so we've kind of done it like that so the when they went to the improv that's actually i think the first time they've ever been to the improv really so and they and they don't really get it well, yeah okay that's, that's maybe probably what I was good yeah, yeah that is good right? yeah because really i feel like we weren't really brought into any of it until we were like seniors in high school when mm -hmm. he got the hln gig mm -hmm. and then they started using us as props <laughs> <laughs> they're like you're gonna do these hilarious bits and then you know it'd be three and hours then, of we, i had a daytime talk show then too and the daytime producers really you know they oh. wanted your kids involved oh really and, uh, they're they like it's only it. going to be an hour and then it was six hours of filming <gasps> oh that's hard yeah. how old were you 18 okay so, so you so were college. a little older we were, we were all about to leave so we were all ready to just sail on out of there you yeah. know? Well, that's what i'm looking forward to for you where, where is she going what, what's the plan i'm not sure uh she's very uh close to the best oh. we hired a private counselor because we could tell in the beginning that she did not want us in her business it, mm -hmm. it, and she wanted it in the she, collegiate business in the collegiate hmm. she she very much wants to be her own person okay and she lives with two very distinct, very strong personality parents. Uh, uh, there's no way I could be married to Bert if I didn't have quite a strong personality. So I think sometimes we call it fire hosing. She gets fire hosed. I just fire hose her because I get so excited uh, and I'm so into it. And let me help. And what can I do? Let's talk about it. Let's work it out. Let's mm -hmm. figure it out. And she's like overwhelmed. Yeah. And then her dad's like, you should go to Boulder. That's where you're going. And she's like, well, I don't even know what that means. It's a, it's a really interesting topic I've never thought about, <clears throat> which is there are, you know, we, we talk in, in, you know, in the world of mental health, we talk a lot about personality constructs and how people fit together and their defense strategies and things. But we rarely talk about what I would sort of characterize as big personalities because mm -hmm. people with a lot of energy and a lot of, of them, mm -hmm. it's a real thing. Mm -hmm. It's a real thing. And I could see how that'd be kind of, overwhelming for kids yeah yeah it, it's we, rarely talked about we overwhelm both of our children both mm. of us do and i i'm in therapy been in therapy for years and my therapist a couple of years ago told me she said you're fire hosing your kids mm. you've got to like take a beat take a minute and figure out how they need to hear it instead of 
You know, it's always, almost always from a good place. I'm just super passionate, motivated. Of course. And excited. It goes without saying. And, you know, my mom. That's not the issue. Yeah, no, that's not the issue. And I didn't have a super invested mom. So I'm like, I'm getting in there. Girl Scout troop, let's do it. I I got it all done. And they don't need that all the time. Right. It's like that's you doing it, not them doing it. Well, no, I don't do it for them. No, I understand. I just make the environment ready so they can jump in. And Georgia, I sensed really early that she really wanted this to be her process. Mm -hmm. So we hired somebody and we basically said to uh, the counselor, let us know when we need to be involved. Can you even tell whether she's going to stay local or go away or looking at both? Well, she... She changes by the minute. Mm. Here's the thing, too, about Georgia. She's always been very young. Like, she was the last in her group to stop playing with Barbies. Mm. She's kind of the last in her group to kind of phase into the next phase of development. Mm -hmm. She's a June birthday. So um, in the beginning of this process, she was like, I think I just either want to take a gap year or go to community college. And we were like, do it. Right on. We were were just, last night we were talking about... um, how I wish I had taken a gap year before college, because yeah. I mean, granted, I did fine. I was successful, whatever. But I think I would have been more equipped and ready mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. Like all the kids who went to Israel for a gap year did really well because mm-hmm. they had been out in the world outside of a high school context. Yeah. That, that was a common thing at Barnard where she yeah. went to school. Oh, I see. That was a common thing. Yeah. But I, and I got depressed on first year of college. I was I just my brain couldn't handle it. And mm-hmm. when I came, I actually left for a little while. And when I came back and recommitted to pre-med stuff. I was able to make the commitment. And my brain was working a lot better, especially a right. male brain right. way behind. Right. You just, right. you just can't do it. You can't force it to do things. It's not developmentally there. Yeah. So I, I am, I'm sent, I'm, I'm sensitive. Yeah. To that it's a good too. idea. Yeah. It's not a bad plan. Oh, I love the plan. Yeah. I'm Bert loves the plan. We're hundred percent behind the plan. Yeah. Uh, now a gap year doesn't mean you're laying on the couch no. and like watching YouTube. <laughs> you're actually going to, you know, we have several different professionals in our life, close personal life that they could, she could in, turn for mm-hmm. or she could work for and get some experience i mean and she could even get a restaurant job you know 100%. i feel like a service job yeah. is like important for every person to experience yes i agree yeah you can tell who has never worked service based on how they treat service workers Ooh, interesting, interesting perspective mm-hmm. yeah i waited tables for eight years and it does teach you a lot oh yeah about life and how to treat people um absolutely because uh, there's some people who just you know it's, it's a service. So they should be, you know, waiting hand and foot. And it's like, no, they're just people doing their job. Like mm-hmm. say, hello, how are you? And thank you. You yeah, know, exactly. And yeah. tip big, tip mm-hmm. big because yeah. they deserve it. They do. Unless they've absolutely like dropped a plate on your head. And even then, maybe <laughs> even then it's accident. like, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> I know. One time I was waiting tables. I had this table of like, I think it was something like 40 people. I had a huge birthday cake on this tray and I had started taking the plates off the wrong side. And the tray flipped totally over, oh upside goodness. down, made the biggest crash. The whole restaurant went dead silent. And I went, happy birthday. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to replace the cake. Oh but it teaches you stuff like that. Like I couldn't have apologized more. I, I was, but I didn't, you know, I didn't. Anyway, all you can do is make a joke and laugh in that situation that's it. or else you'll start crying. And doesn't that apply in so many other situations also, not just waiting tables? Absolutely. So- I, I learned how to fall uh, well because of figure skating. And mm. there were a couple times in competition. I mean, it depended on the competition. If it was like, you know, the the strictly competitive stuff, I couldn't, you know, fall and then make a face, you know. But if it was the artistic stuff, oh, yeah, just you got to make that fall seem like it was on purpose. Right. You know, And so 
I like to say I know how to fall because of that. <laughs> That's really kind of cool. Yeah. So then do you know how to emotionally fall, you think, because of that? I think through the therapy that happened after figure skating, mm. I know how to fall. But mm. while I was skating, it was not an emotional. You were involved in being per perfect. Yeah, like yeah. perfectionism was my Deep. my demon. Was that yours or was that from figure skating? Both. Mm -hmm. I mean, I also was going to like a super competitive school and mm. every I was, you know, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself and figure skating is this you know, really hard sport in that, you know, if you're not skating every single day, you feel that day off. Mm. Like I would take Sundays off Monday morning. I'd have trouble jumping. Really? That's intense. It's, it's one of those sports where you have to drill in every single day because you will lose whatever You're momentum you have. Up, spinning around two or three times and landing on a razor blade. No, it's, it's ridiculous. So, it's, it's crazy. It's insane. I don't know how it's done. Actually. I can barely get from A it's to B. A, I could teach you. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I got good balance, but I don't know. Grace and poise. Maybe not. Well, I think it has to do with just explaining how the blades work because mm. no. You don't think? <laughs> no. You can explain it all day. It's like trying to explain how to ride a bike and you can get on the bike fall over. <laughs> Maybe harder than a bike, quite frankly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't care how the blades work. I, I still won't be able to do it ever, ever, ever. Well, you can get from A to B on a bike and your feet never leave the ground, but you yeah. can't really do tricks on a bike. Same with the I'm not good on blade. a bike. No? I'm good on ice skates. Ice skates. Clumsy on a bike. Do you miss ice skating? I have dreams about it sometimes. Um, mostly the recurring dream is I'm at... The, there's like a big artistic competition called Showcase at the, the Pickwick Ice Arena in Burbank, California. Uh -huh. And there's like a, they literally have a spotlight come. And so they turn all the lights out and spotlights on you, baby. And that was like the penultimate competition for me. I loved it every year. Like when I was 16, I ended up winning the whole thing. And so my recurring dream is that someone else is performing and I just get on the ice and just start performing during their performance. <laughs> oh my. So and I don't know like what that says about kind me psychologically. Of, it's kind of an imposter thing, isn't it? Well, it's, it's stealing the spotlight. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's more egregious than imposter. Like, well, you're competing. You're com you're well, it's not even it. competing. It's just like, I feel this compulsion to get out there uh. and it doesn't matter who's out there. And it's like, oh. I know that I'm not supposed to go right now, but I on the ice. So I have to oh, do that's something. Interesting. So it's almost like, you know, a high school like nightmare about not being prepared, not being prepared, except okay. it's ice skating, grabbing all the attention possible and mm. being in a spotlight. Interesting. You don't seem like the type of person that would grab all the attention possible. <laughs> I'm capable. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all capable. Well, almost everybody's capable. That's but true. That's interesting that that's your dream. How that was a big part of the game then, too. To spotlight. Well, that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. want to. What do you mean? That was how you won that competition. Oh, right? yeah. It was all about, you know. Wowing them. Pulling as much focus as possible. Uh -huh. and, yeah. yeah. Big personality. So I just want to finish the Georgia and college thing. I, I, I definitely have a feeling she needs to go away for school. Uh, there's a, a voice in my head saying no, that. No, she so. does not want yeah. to stay here, right. which is the struggle. I said, hey, go to Santa Barbara Community College. Go to San Francisco Community College. You don't have to live here to go yeah. to community college if yeah, that's yeah. how you want to step into before your college. Yeah. yeah. Totally fine. Yeah. We support whatever you want. So we actually, in the beginning, Bert was having a hard time. I don't know if you've noticed this, but he's very controlling. What? <laughs> so he really wanted to be in control of this. And I ha we had several conversations about it. You know, this is this this is another part of what I was talking about earlier. So what's happening with them is he is resisting 
letting her go. Yeah. Mm. And I am not ready to let her go, but I am ready to let her go. She is so great that he's he's worried that it's his brain. Yeah. He understands that his brain is capable of. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's in a female, so it's going to be better. She's far better at coping. Yeah. You know, when she started having, she started having anxiety attacks like, Wake up in the middle of the night, heart racing. Mm. I think I'm going to die. It's my last day on earth. There it is. Have no That's idea where it came from. Exactly. That's it. I got her into therapy mm. at, with a cognitive behavioral therapist. Perfect. And she, oh, I could not believe how quickly yeah. uh, it helped her because George was in fifth grade. Wow. So she was so young. And, you know, we went to see this doctor and explained to her what was happening. And she, in front of me, uh, said to Georgia, this is what your mother's doing wrong. And I think Georgia went, thank you. Mm. Because I'd been trying to help her. I had terrible anxiety as a child with sleep. Mine was related to you had chaos. trauma. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Mine wasn't chemical like his. Yeah. Um, so I had all these ways of coping that worked for me. And I kept going, you know, count backwards from 100. Imagine a beautiful fairy and make up all the parts of her dresses and her wings and her, does she have antenna? And, and then, you know, read a book. And none of these things were working for her. And I kept going, well, you're just not doing it. Mm. Well, let me help you do it. Well, let me try this. I was fire hosing her yeah, yeah. with all these possibilities. And then this doctor was like, none of those things work for her. One of like the eight works for the way her brain works. Mm. And so this is what she needs. And she just picked the ball up and ran with it. And she still has the tax. She had a right after we moved in here, which was not shocking. She walked in the back door and said, I'm having a panic attack. I could feel her heart. Mm. I sat down with her. I was like, what do you need? And she said, I need you to just hold me. So Mm. I just held her and she shook. And then we breathed. And then it, it passed. Good for her. And I was like, that's... Yeah. Mastery I, of panic is the way to deal with it. What? Say it again? Mastery of panic is how it... That's right. How you deal with it. That's like what science. the doctor taught, taught yeah. her. She was like, it, this, how you speak to yourself every day affects how you can handle yourself when you're having an attack. Mm-hmm. So she got her into this kind of logical thinking pattern that I don't think Bert does very often or very well. You know, to go, is there really someone in my closet? Probably not. Uh, what's the likelihood that whatever I'm panicking about is happening? I, I have tried to talk to your husband off many roofs. It doesn't uh, work. It doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. All you have it, to do it is. It works a little bit and then it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. His, whatever he's got going on is yeah. a totally different ball game. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, maybe because we got it so early with her. Yes. I think was, that's part yeah. of it. Yeah. And she's female. Female brains are better. They regulate better. Agreed. I think yeah. she wanted yeah. not to have this happen. Yeah. It must be hard as a parent to have coping mechanisms in place and to offer them forth and watch them not work for your child. Mm -hmm. Like I can't imagine, I mean, granted I'm not a parent, so I'm speaking the hypotheticals, but you know, what do you do when your child is experiencing something that you can't control? Mm -hmm. One of the things that has happened in the course of writing this book is uh, our daughter has become more empathic to the parenting experience. (laughs) I would imagine so. Particularly her moms, particularly that, because we're, where we were on an interview with Megan Kelly the other day and she brought up something about feminism and, you know, her commitment to fourth wave feminism. And I said, well, your mom was trying to deal with second wave feminism at the time. And are you more compassionate now to what she had to deal with during her youth, you know, as a young woman? And, was, and her response was, was compassionate. 
And Susan almost fainted, like literally almost <laughs> in fainted. The other room. She had to get it. She was in another room listening. She stood up. She started hyperventilating. Oh my and gosh. Had to lie on the floor. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. That's so funny. Wow. Well, yeah. I keep saying one day they're going to figure out mom tried yeah, real slow. hard. It doesn't happen right away. Yeah, yeah right. I think one day, it, it, you know, to answer your question, it is really hard. It is really hard with my husband. Mm. It's hard. I talked to his. I've talked to him about this. His sister has the exact same panic. It's I, those two people are identical. Mm. So, but they can't be empathic for the other when the other's in the panic, oh, no, no. when they understand yeah. the panic viscerally, yeah. or I try really hard. I say to him all the time, I, I, it, it makes me feel so helpless. And at the same time, you're asking me to help you. So, but there's nothing I can do that's correct. It makes you even feel more helpless. It does. They're begging for help and you can't. And I can't. Mm -hmm. And anything I do is the wrong thing. Yeah. I mean, I could go, he could say, I need a blue couch. And I go, here's a blue couch. Wrong color blue. I need light blue. Okay. Here's a light blue chair. No, I need a couch. And you're like, oh my God, I can't. How come we can't just breathe this out? You know? Yeah. Am I, I'm so regulated. My, my, <laughs> I'm overregulated. My, my, my advice to you in those circumstances, just be there. Just be fully present. Trying. Fully present. Don't get then, fire hosed as then you let say, me or ask you this. by this. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you we this. We wrote this book for you, Leanne. Leanne yeah. Oh, I can't wait to talk. We haven't even talked about the book. Yeah. I hope I have you for like three hours. I know I don't. <laughs> I know I don't. But um, when he is in an episode, mm. he will accuse me of things that are not, did not happen, was not said. For instance, I'll say, it really upset me when you like, uh, knocked, knocked into me accidentally. And he'll say, so you want a divorce? You just said you want a divorce. And right. I'm like, no, actually I just right. said, right. I, I, I just said, I'm really upset when you bumped into me. So we're divorcing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. How I don't know what to do. So like I feel like I have no no defense. So if I say no, this is actually what I said. He says, now you're calling me a liar. <laughs> well, no, I'm actually trying. To, I'm, what I'm trying to do is bring you you down by helping you feel better. Mm -hmm. Like I'm trying to make you feel better that mm -hmm. I didn't say that. But for me to say I didn't say that is discounting. Yeah, him. It's so, terrible. It's so hard. One of the. The, the deep topics in our book was boundaries. Yes. And, and this is a boundary thing where, where you're getting sucked into his stuff. So you can't stay centered and present. Right. right? You're, you're in with, or him. he tries real hard. He's getting you in. There's, there's, uh, a, yeah. there's some porousness to your boundary. And so he's sucking you in <laughs> because you know, you didn't say it. He's having whatever he's having. That should be enough. Yeah. That yeah. should be it for you. You should yeah. be like, I'm here. I didn't say that. That's how I feel. You're having your own thing here. And as soon as this is better, we can chat about this. Right. But it's, you're just, it's just, a, he's, it's called catastrophizing, right? That's what he yes. does all the time. And uh, you can't engage with it. No. Uh, the, the, there's, there's a lot of things in mental health, particularly things of boundary stuff. It's mostly in addiction, really. But do you ever see The Little Shop of Horrors? Mm, no. Okay. Sorry. Do you ever, not even the 50s movie with the plant that ate people? Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's this plant that eats people. Yeah. It's a musical and it's also a movie from the 50s. And uh, I forget, what, was it The Little Shop of Horrors, the movie in the, yes. the 50s too? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the plant eats this little plant and it needs blood to survive. And it becomes this huge plant that eats people. Oh, God. And if you go in the room by yourself with the plant, it manipulates you in and eats you 
no matter what. Wow. It sucks you into the plant. Right. You, you, humans can't withstand its force unless somebody else is there pulling you out. Right. Another person can keep you out. It's a perfect model for addiction and codependency. Interesting. But it's but it's a it's even. I've not really thought about it this way. It's also a model for other boundary issues because mm -hmm. the boundaries you just you it's you're you guys are too close in mesh. You have the, your fittedness that works, and that has some holes in it. And you just yeah, you're yeah, going yeah. in emotionally, and you you've said it multiple times today around. I want to help. Yeah. I want to make it stop. I yeah. feel helpless. Yeah. And helplessness for you is back to trauma. Yeah. So it's a horrible feeling for you. That's so true. you want it to stop, stop, stop. So. <laughs> So there you go. Yeah. And so it's really not, it's not him, it's your helplessness. Right, right, That you right. want to stop. Okay. Well, that's very smart. And so, that's codependency. It's when it's, when it's your pain, your feelings that are being evoked by another person, which you have to, you, you experience it as consciously, he's suffering. I want to make him stop. Mm -hmm. What's really going on is his suffering is triggering my helplessness. I need that to stop. Got it. That makes so difference? much sense. So. Yes. Mm -hmm. So then when that happens again, I have to recognize that it's triggering my helplessness. Your helplessness. You got you to separate my your, your awesome. feelings from his. His feelings is catastrophe. The world's coming to an end. <laughs> Yours is I'm helpless to stop this pain and yes. it's mobilizing my pain. Got I it. see that he's in pain. You can actually have a little bit of, when you search, when you start asserting those boundaries, it can feel a little, I don't want to say good but a little joyous that you can appreciate somebody else's pain without it infecting you mm. and you can be fully present for them mm. the first word that came to my mind was mean it seems mean when you insert those boundaries you might feel like you're being mean isn't that interesting you, you, you have to yeah and you have to be it careful you can't be mean it's easy to be mean because you right. can start pushing away right, right that's right. the opposite this is this is where people get all screwed up in the sort of um tough love stuff. Mm -hmm. They they wait till they're so fed up like I'm I'm done, I'm out of here. Screw you and they mean it. I am yeah. done with you. No. What you got to do is like there's a boundary here. I love you. We're going to help you. I'm whole and separate. You need a key on the door. I need to lock the door and put you in that room to have your panic whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know. and, and that's not mean. That's just what they need. And got it's being it. present. Be present, present, present. That's got the main it. thing without getting mobilized into the the plant. Yeah. The, but I also think that too, it's called as you know, a culture, we're not good at asserting boundaries. So it can feel mean in that drawing a line in the sand is a limitation of sorts and not to be, you know, fully helpful is mm -hmm. kind of this vulnerable thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's almost easier Women to be yeah, mm -hmm. the helper. Yeah. Um, so I relate to that. It, 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 you know, everyone asserting their boundaries for the first time is a messy look. I think mm -hmm. like even just, I was talking about my brother uh, the other day uh, to my other brother and, you know, he was having a problem with the way that my one brother was communicating. I'm not going to say their names, even yeah, yeah. though now it's clear who I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> and, no, it is. I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know who you're talking about. But you go don't? Ahead. Well, no, I don't know no, your brother. Well but enough. I keep going. I haven't told her um, enough yet. And... My one brother was like, yeah, he's just so aggressive. And I was like, well, he doesn't have practice asserting his boundaries. And so it's coming out forcefully. Mm. And over COVID, I lived with a roommate and it blew up and, you know, I had to learn how to assert boundaries and it came out really wrong at first. You know, mm. it was like, I wanted to know when she was moving out. So I shouted, when are you leaving? You know, and it's not that I was trying to be abrasive. It was just that I don't have practice at asserting boundaries in a, you know, non-mean way right, you know right so it can feel mean at first but i think ultimately drawing those boundaries around yourself is the only way to really keep yourself intact mm -hmm. um otherwise you know then you get into porous situations and 
things get messy. So practice. practice. Yeah, practice. we constructed this book around that stuff. Mm -hmm. we, we really thought uh, there's a whole story how we came up with our little model. Well, but that's what I would say. It's on my list right here. Okay. Right. Ooh. Whose idea was this? A publisher, really. It was really? really an agent. He was like, consent's a big deal right now. It's a big deal. Can you come up with some ideas? And I did. And it was just in the heels of the Me Too thing. And I was interested in sort of this topic. And when the publisher showed up, she wanted to do something for young adults. And I was mm -hmm. like, well, you need a young adult to point of view. For sure. And my daughter's a writer. She's deep in this stuff. She'd just been at Columbia where the, the woman's performance. Emma Sokowitz. Uh-huh. She did um, Carry That Weight, which is a performance arts piece in which she carried her twin XL mattress across campus mm -hmm. um, in protest of the university not expelling her rapist. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, carried it across the graduation stage. So the university really gave her no reason to not carry that mattress. Wow. And so that was my senior year of college. And that was sort of the first time that I really assessed the ways in which I was participating in the culture at large. And, you know, senior year of college is like way too late to be thinking about that. And so I was really excited to be a part of this project because I feel like there isn't, um, the first time I heard about consent was freshman year of college. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, consent is sexy. Yes means yes. No means yeah, no. And it was kind of a joke, right? It was like this hour long thing that you did. And then you would go along your way and, you know, mess up the rest of your college career. <laughs> um, but I mean, ultimately, you know, I was really excited to be a part of something that brought that into the conversation so much sooner than college mm -hmm. because that's you know the idea being if we take consent out of a sexual context then more people will have practice with consent before mm -hmm. they get into a sexual and, encounter and we didn't want it right. to be legal and medical and all, it's all it's all everything else out there it's already there we wanted right. it to be something a little more pragmatic and and specific to relating to each other and so then COVID hit yeah. and we're still writing this thing all during COVID. And it's sort of, we realized that it's a bigger topic. It's really about how to have healthy relationships. It's right. Yeah. And then Paulina came up with this TCB concept, which is something from her youth. Oh yeah. So I. That's one of my questions. Yeah. To TCB come up with come TCB. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been obsessed with Elvis Presley since the third grade. I read your book. Yes. I know this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he has his pack of friends, the Memphis Mafia, mm -hmm. and they all wore TCB necklaces with lightning bolts mm -hmm. uh which stood for taking care of business mm -hmm. and so in the third grade i was like mom i need this necklace mm -hmm. <laughs> and i wore it for 10 years and i pray to elvis before important things especially ice skating competitions and tests and so tcb is also my first tattoo and so tcb is a framework that you know i've been you know praying to for the past <laughs> long time and um so we we took that framework and created trust, compassion, and boundaries as a uh, acronym yep. to healthy consent. To It's a roadmap, really. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. really is a roadmap to how you should behave. And even with your relationship with yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah. Your relationship with everybody. Yes, that that was what, that we probably emphasize that. Yeah. Like the compassion the book, for yeah. yourself, the trust in yourself. Mm -hmm. And I, I obviously was more focused on boundaries for the very reason we were just discussing with mm -hmm. your situation, that these are really common things that I see all the time I'm sure. in this country was the boundary problems. Right. And uh, yeah, it became a nice little model to approach all kinds of relationships. We were talking about bullies and, you know, everything. We Friendships, teachers, bullies, everything. teachers, parents. I mean, I there was just so many opportunities to really think deeply about situations in childhood that I felt like could have gone better. Mm -hmm. Right. Whether that was, you know, a relationship with a teacher or, you know, how to handle bullies. Um, you know, it's a really a comprehensive 
examination of all the different relationships that you're going to have in a lifetime. Uh, it's comprehensive, but it's extremely easy to read. Oh, good. It's Thank very you. digestible. I like that you have a quiz at the end of every chapter. It's really, it's written for 12 to 18 I, I got it. Yeah, yeah. But I have to tell you, it was written for me. Well, we were thinking we were thinking <laughs> of the parents of the 12 to 20 year olds as yeah. we wrote. At least certainly that was sort of, sort of my role, right? Yes. And, and so we wanted to be, to be comprehensive and complete enough, mm-hmm. but digestible for teenagers. So. I think it absolutely is. I, when, as I was reading the book, I listened to the book because oh. I, uh, I just got it last week and I was like, I don't have the time to sit, sure. yeah. but I can listen while I'm going to and from golf for my daughter and going to and from. So I listened to it which i really enjoyed we enjoyed doing it interestingly yeah, you did? We were, yeah we didn't know we, you were both great really you. really great i enjoyed both of you and i and i love that you included a pdf which is on my list at the end of the book the actual hard copy book there's a list of resources oh yeah uh, and phone numbers and really important information but you also include that with the audiobook so if you buy the audiobook you're not missing out on those resources i thought that was great but as i was listening to it i thought to myself Um, I wish I'd had this when Georgia started middle school Mm. because she, and then again, when Isla started middle school, because I think it gives you so many tools and so many kind of introductions to the way to think about certain things that is too much for a parent. And they don't want to hear it from me either. Exciting news today, because I get to say this episode of why for the party is sponsored by Manscaped, because I have my first podcast sponsor and it's Manscaped. And I am really excited because this is a product. I know it says Manscaped, but I use Manscaped. I love their products. I love their shave butter. I use it all the time in the shower. And I love their um, their razor because I uh, use it on my bikini line. Don't tell anybody. But I use it on my bikini line because... I don't like getting waxed. I I don't. I don't like it. It's painful. I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy the lack of directional that happens after you've been waxed. So I've been a shaver always. And when we got Manscaped in the mail for Bert, I I stole it. I stole it from him for myself. So I was so flattered when they reached out and asked if they could sponsor my podcast um, because it's a product I actually have used for a long time. So for those of you who don't know what Manscaped is, it is a razor for men's private parts. And they also have something called a weed whacker for their ear and nose hair. And Burt Kreischer, take note. I think you need a weed whacker. I think we have a weed whacker. I think you need to travel with a weed whacker because your ear hair is getting really kind of like middle-aged man. So they not only have razors, they not only have the ear and nose hair trimmer, they also have, like I said, shave butter. They have, I'm pretty sure they have all kinds of pube products. They have cutting edge ceramic blades to reduce the cutting and the nicking that happens in that very sensitive part of your body. They have all kinds of skin safe technology. They have liquid formulas called their crop preserver is a ball deodorant. A crop reviver is a ball toner. I would imagine it gets kind of sticky down around there. Um, So those would be awesome to be refreshed. Uh, Great things to have in there. Manscaped even throws in two free gifts with your purchase of your performance package 4.0. And the gifts uh, are Manscaped boxers and a shed travel bag. Sincerely, ladies, want a trick-or-treat with your husband? 
Here's a great trick or treat because you could give them some Manscaped and they could get all ready for Halloween. I think this is a great gift for Halloween, for Christmas, for birthday, for uh, Hanukkah, for any time. Manscaped, I, I mean, I can't imagine a man going, why would you get me that? I think, I think every man would be super excited to get something, anything from Manscaped. So such a great company. And their razor, we've had the same razor, razor for years. It's lasted for years. So I believe, in my opinion, their products are very good quality. And again, I love the shave butter. Anyway, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code WOTP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code WOTP at manscaped.com. And say trick or treat to his beautiful new Halloweeny. <laughs> uh, the other thing that struck me was, um, as I was listening to this, I picked Isla up from golf and I didn't tell her what was on, you know, I listen to audiobooks all the time because I drive so much for, for her. And so she gets in and she's hearing you talk about um, consent and she's hearing you give examples of what to say if you're not comfortable. I'm not comfortable with this right now. I don't remember your exact examples, but can we just take a pause? I, I, I need a moment to think about this. And I went, huh, those are really good words. And I went, oh my God. Yeah. That's what I'm talking so, about. I, I'm oh, not that, I just got chills. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so it was good amazing. Yeah, me too. That and, is, and that and what oh. I like most about that story is I, I somehow you and the spoken word. Mm -hmm. I've told you this before. When, when she writes dialogue and when she when she's speaking to somebody, mm -hmm. the, uh, something about your command of what do we call that dialogue? Yeah. Yeah, and that's really a dialoguing she was doing in that and it's just yeah. it's in it jumps off the page when you read it and it right. obviously flies off when you hear it too. Oh, that is such a yeah. You know, we've yeah. we've had a lot of readers so mm -hmm. far, but I haven't heard from teens yet. Right. So it's exciting to hear that that resonated. That's It really did with her. And then every time we got in the car, I had it on for the last week. Um and she's she's listening and she's commenting. You know, a friend Good. of mine is a therapist who um, specializes in resilience. And she talks about having conversations with your teenagers. And the best way to have them is when they're, you're not looking at them. Uh, especially males, especially oh, yeah? males. But all of them, I, I, I believe in the car. You know, I was, I brought the up the car several times. Yeah. And Paulina goes, I live in New York. We don't drive cars. That much. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's true. I guess that's right. But the car is a perfect place. Car's a perfect yeah. place. So she's able to listen kind of privately, even yeah. though I'm with her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it's the, the face to face is where they feel confronted. Yeah. Or, it's yeah. too they're a fire hose yeah. again, yeah. even yeah. if you're not fire hosing them, yeah. it's too. The males vulnerable. cannot do it. They cannot do it. You, are, you just can't do it. You're lucky you don't have that. <laughs> so I was reading this book, and uh, and when I was listening, I thought to myself, I think if this is okay with you, you know, I have a Girl Scout troop I've had for ten years, and we have eighth through twelfth graders. Mm -hmm. I have twenty one girls, and we are working on a women's health moment where we are breaking it into like one of our meetings is about mental health and we're having a therapist come and speak to them about mental health. Um, but I think I may do some sound bites from you guys Wonderful. That would and be say, amazing. please listen. Super high compliment. Yeah, that is. Oh, well, I mean, such it, an honor. it's such a resource because it gives 
it gives the the kids the information without it coming from me. Yes, yeah. that's the idea. Yes, that is the idea. And and then a young person's voice in there, Paulina, exactly, is, is where they can that's relate exactly. to. Because I, I knew immediately if I tried to do this alone, it's like no, no way. one's listening to you. No All right, way. old man, I would listen yeah. to you, Drew. Yeah, but I understand. I, I, I don't be know like, what I'm talking about. I just, it's hard to get listened. <laughs> you sound so young. Yeah, but yeah. not like a child. Yeah. You sound young and vibrant and yeah. so positive. Every time you speak on this, you are in such a positive yeah. uh, frame of being. Yeah. It's really amazing because then it makes these topics not scary. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you were clinical. Yeah. Well, pe and people oh, yeah. think this is going to be a plumbing conversation. It is not. We talk yeah, about some of the stuff. Times, this, you know, media tour that someone's been like, when did your dad talk to you about yeah, sex time. for the first oh, time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, no, no, that's not what it's like, that's about. not even what this book is about. We'll, we'll, I'll tell you. Yeah, we but but yeah. that's not what this book is no. about. This book is about, for me, what I got, I got so much information from this book as a parent. Mm. I did not know hooking up was a thing. Really? I did not know that. And oh. I was like horrified. Oh I was like, people are just meeting up and like giving out blowjobs and shit. What are you talking about? Uh -oh. Banging left we and gotta, right. We catch, gotta... a body, it's catch a body, move on. Like No, that's, no, no, no. Yeah. We have to extract you from your Southern heritage, young lady. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm no bueno with that. And I was like, is well, that what my kids are to doing? To be fair, there's oh, hookup and random hookup. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. even worse. Right. You can have no, a no, random hookup. No, 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 no. But I didn't. How in the world? I'm 51. I haven't dated in 20 years. How in the world am I supposed? I, when I was dating, we weren't even online dating. That hadn't even really taken off yet. So I was really enlightened by how dating works now. Because yeah. like I had said to you before we started recording, I was watching, I've said this on the podcast before, I was watching Footloose with Isla. And I went, God, it's such a bummer. You guys are not going to get to have like prom. Like you're the way these kids these days work mm -hmm. you don't do prom like we did prom like she's mm -hmm. bringing her best friend to prom which is fun and awesome but there's this whole romantic like excitement anticipation i can't wait yeah and even getting your picture taken was a big deal because we didn't take pictures like we do now You'd we take pictures every two seconds oh yeah. we like three weeks where yeah. i lived yeah. and so i was like you don't get to have all this build and all this excitement and you have to wait for you know yeah you leave a, a, a message on an answering machine and he has to check it and then call you back. There's no texting. There's just all this immediacy. I'm, it bums me out. Yeah. And so the hooking up is the same immediacy. Mm -hmm. There's no like dating uh, doesn't seem like that's the norm anymore. Is it? Not the norm. Um, I, I, you can't. You're not allowed to use that word. What? What <laughs> dating, word? Dating. There's no. Wait, you can't use the I word mean, dating. You can use the word dating. Wait, what's wrong like, with the word dating? I know that's what I'm saying. But no, you, but what you, is? Tell me because I don't know. Well, it, it sounds old fashioned. Yeah, like, it'd, be, it'd be like for, for our era, it'd be like saying courtship. Okay. You could say courtship, but mm. well, they did say courting yeah, yeah. where I grew up. They're courting. No, I'm kidding. But what should I say instead? Like if if Georgia they're had a boyfriend, out, they're hang, they're getting out, to know each other. There's all kinds of codes. So you can't label it like that. But, but the point is, they they are missing a lot of the landmarks of forming and breaking relationships and yeah. assessing each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this yeah. This is a really important thing that is being missed. It's rejection. practice. Yeah, it's practice with rejection. Assessment it, and you're learning about yourself. You're learning about other people. You're yeah. learning about what you like, and the, it's affecting. What I've seen, it's affecting the young males even more because they start to get they have, they don't have these skills and they have to develop them. 
they start getting obsessional when they're in their early to mid twenties. Mm. They start obsessing about people and stalking, frankly. Really? It's actually simple stalking as they get into, because they don't know what to do. They don't know what's happening. Wow. Yeah. So it's important that I, I, that you, that you encourage people to at least have coffee together, hang right. out together, face to that face to face activity is important. And peers, you know, same age peers, do find that gratifying, right? right? So with the parents, they don't want to sit face to face. Yeah, right, right. But with no, peers, yeah, they no, do want to sit face to face, and it's actually it's actually an important rehearsal. It's mm -hmm. a way of regulating your emotions. It's a way of right. fitting with other people. It's so much is being missed by less of that. There needs right. to be more, more, more of it with less stakes. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I it, I'm hearing that there's a lot less sexual activity in young people right now. Yeah, mm -hmm. like and so way the less. stakes may be down because of that, right? You can hang yeah. out and not have so much stakes. Like, are we going to hook up or not? And you right. know, well, ultimately maybe. we we you know propose dating and that we want people to get more comfortable with one-on-one -on -one hangouts that don't include alcohol and are activity-based mm -hmm. right, so that right. you actually get the time to get to know somebody. Right. And, you know, that step is just completely missing. I mean, I'm, I'm such an advocate of dating. Like I did a lot of dating in my early to mid twenties. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I learned so much mm -hmm. throughout that, both what to do and what not to do. Mm -hmm. Like just, just the culture of Tinder and all that. Like you can get really used to being, being disposable and treating people as if they're disposable. And so, you know, throughout writing this book, I feel like it really made me think about the ways in which I was relating to other people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can't say that I was, you know, a, a stellar example of, of, you know, clean consent and happy dating. Mm -hmm. um, but through writing this book, I feel like the TCB framework is such a helpful framework for every relationship. Mm -hmm. And I have friends of mine who are in their mid thirties who are like, I've been thinking about TCB nonstop. Like I've been thinking about it in my friendships and mm -hmm. it's something that can apply throughout the course of a lifetime, mm -hmm. which oh, I think absolutely. is really special. No, that has nothing, not nothing that has everything to do with everything yeah. TCB. So I had this thing, I had a motto that I created for myself and it was grace and gratitude. If you treat every single Ooh. situation with grace Those, and gratitude. I like that. That's, that's our next book. Yeah. Grace, and grace and gratitude. Because, because when people express gratitude, I know they're doing well when they're able to express gratitude. I think it's a symptom to me of somebody who's in a good place. And if you can really feel gratitude for something, and grace is a word we don't use enough, I'd say. Oh, that's why they named yeah. Isla, Isla Grace. Grace is a very important word to me. It has been for a long time. So I, my road, but that is such a clear and easy roadmap like TCB. That's such a clear and easy roadmap. If it doesn't fit in that context, then you need to work on it. Mm. Absolutely. That's what you need to work on. And yeah. I, I am, uh, I've been told I'm a cleaner. If I have a problem, I try to clean it up. I don't like, I don't like problems because problems make you unhappy. They make things difficult. They, they make life, you know, hard. So I try to clean up my problems and you can't clean all your problems was, at was one time. Was that your role in your family? What do you think? Yeah, sorry, <laughs> keeping the peace. Are you up kidding? The mess. Oh, that cleaned up every mess. I right, was the only right. maid in the house. <laughs> yes. But I, I do try to keep myself as clean as I can because I want but, but to be keep, happy. Keep at, there's nothing wrong with that, of course. Yeah. But, but keep at the emotional underpinnings of it so it's not steamrolling everybody else. Right, know, right, 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 right. Oh, you mean not to require everyone to be clean like me? Is that what you mean? Well, you say cleaning up. I'm imagining there's emotional cleanups and physical cleanups. I bet, I bet you, I bet you take care and clean up everything, all the messes. Oh, I do. All Whatever of them, mess yeah. it is, I scoop the dog poop, yes. yes, you're the mess cleaner. Yes, I am. And, and and sometimes let them clean their own messes up. Yeah. So I need to be more Harvey Keitel in Pulp Fiction, where I show up and just tell them how to clean themselves. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Because he him, was the cleaner. You let him go as far down as they need to go. See what happens. <laughs> right. Oh. And I apologize. Paulina heard me sending somebody to the ER when we were coming over here. And now, now I'm dealing with that. So I apologize. Are you okay? On my Are, phone. Yeah, we're okay. fine. So. Okay. Let me see what else I put um, in here. Oh, I love that in the beginning of the book, you you say, feel free to skip around. Yeah. You don't need to read this book start to finish. You absolutely don't. And I like how in the actual book, because even though I listened to it, I flipped through the book to see what it looked like, how it was formatted. I like that it has a table of contents in the beginning. I like the way that table of contents is organized. Mm -hmm. um, I'll put a shot of it on my... Uh, have Halston put it with this section. Um, but I like how you can find what you need and just go there. Yeah. Um, because kids, kids these days don't want to sit down and read that whole book. That's an intimidating when I got it in the mail. I went, oof, I only have a week. <laughs> Holy cow. Thank God they sent me the audiobook because yeah. I had such a short period of time. But it, for it's, a it's kid, encyclopedic and what it covers. Yeah. So, and we, and we, and we, yeah. We kind of imagined that people would jump forward and backwards well, and I, sort of organize it that way. Ideally, too. you would read the six, first six chapters yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, then yeah. you would go, okay, I'm interested in bullies or I'm interested yeah. in, oh, no, I did something wrong, you know? Right. And so the first six chapters sort of serve as like a, a base from which to operate from. Mm -hmm. um, but we were really, I mean, I was most specifically, I was really focused on making this an LGBTQT friendly resource. Mm -hmm. And so it was important for me to like really dive into gender and sexuality and the differences there. And, you know, I, I feel really lucky to have proximity to my dad's audience because I feel like, you know, for some people, LGBTQT, things are, you know, unreachable or inaccessible. And so I really wanted to make it something that everyone could understand. Uh, you did. You did a really good job. Thank That's you. on my list. I appreciate that chapter so much as an old person. Um, I feel constantly like I don't understand what I'm supposed to be and want to understand. Mm -hmm. So, and if you read this website, you get one piece of information. I feel like there's no consistency there's some consistencies, but sometimes I get very confused. I'm a very smart person and I'm a good person who wants to understand. And I read this chapter and went, I totally understand. I completely understand everything. I get it. Now I got it. That's music to my ears. Um, so yeah. I really thank you very much for that chapter. I am not embarrassed to say I don't know something. Yeah. I don't, I did not understand. This is a lot of that. people our age, I, 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 including myself, where you you want to be an ally, you want to be a yes. part of it, but you feel like there's some, it's Swiss cheese. Like, I think I understand, but I want to make, you know, you feel insecure because it completely, this is a, this is not new territory so much as stuff that the, 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 the depths of which we all are asked to take a look at this, mm -hmm. we're not that familiar with. And so we, we sort of have an obligation mm -hmm. to pay attention that way, but it does get confusing for us. I get that. It does. Yeah. And I, I feel much less confused because mm -hmm. clearly my children have friends who are, who are they, them. And, and I, I get, Isla was telling me how um, we were buying a gift for, for, um, See, I'm already messing my word. I'm insecure now and in saying. I know. I, I, I feel you. I get you. Them. I get yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, uh, for someone. And uh, they like to crochet. And I thought, that's great. And she said, well, you know, they they make all these things. And I said, who does she, who, who does she, she do, do it with? with? And she goes, no, no, no. That's what they I do. Like. And yeah. I went, oh, oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Because I thought maybe she was talking about her and her mom and her and her sister. I was, but no, 
they are they. And I, but I didn't know that they were they because they look like a girl, right? What dress like a girl, but identify as they, mm-hmm. yeah. but I've never been told. And I was like, I am still so screwed up on this. This yeah. is before I read your book. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how to ask what's your friend's pronoun. I mean, mm-hmm. should I ask, I need to know all your friend's pronouns. I, I got a coach for you. Right yeah, here. I know. Coach, because coach because coach I really do. Would, I know. I feel never, you. I ever you. want I get, I'm with you. 100%. them to feel bad. Yeah. You know, but also how could I possibly know unless they've told me and yeah. then um, I'm embarrassed to ask them. That's the thing is I well, go, that's the question. I, I feel you, embarrassed. Paulina, should she be embarrassed to ask? No, you can always ask. Okay, good. I, I think... <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, I'm now in the practice of if I'm leading a workshop or teaching a class, I ask for names, pronouns, and usually because it's Zoom where someone is located. Uh-huh. And so just making it a practice of asking people when you meet them what their pronouns are is an easy way to kind of get used to asking that question. Got it. Um, and, and when it comes to they, them pronouns, I think half the battle is just practicing using those pronouns because grammatically it's a little bit challenging, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, do you say they are, or they is, you know, because it is a singular person, but they're using a plural pronoun. So it's, it's just a matter of What's practicing. I would say I would use proper grammar. So they are, okay. um, cause so they, confused we are so confused. It's so, it's so, I'm, I'm a grammar. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I love grammar. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's, I remember when in graduate school, I was in this class called the Kama Sutra oh. and it was C-O-M-M-A. Yes. <laughs> and it was in a brilliant grammar class taught by BK Fisher. And that was sort of the, not the first time, but first time in an academic context in which we talked about the evolution of language mm-hmm. and the ways in which, you know, they, them pronouns is, is, a, is a facet of the sort of malleability and sort of the way in which language progresses over time. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, if you think about how different verbs were used, even just like a hundred years ago, it would be different. And so, well, we just did it courting, dating. Mm -hmm. Now it's what hanging out. Yeah. Language is always evolving. Oh my God. I, this is just a sidebar, but I, uh, we went to France and I started working on my French to get ready to go there. The shit they're doing with their language, the young people is way worse than what we do here. Oh yeah. They just started transposing words. They just make, they, they, they speak like pig Latin. Oh it's my called gosh. Verlon, and it's like, where did this come from? How am I supposed to understand you when you literally <laughs> say words backwards? Oh my God. Oh my gosh. A, a bunch, a lot of words. And then when I went to France and started using it, that, they started making fun of me. Oh, you sound like a teenager. I'm like, what am I? Uh, right. How do I, I'm American. How do I know if I'm using this stuff or not? I can't win. I can't win. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. The one thought that's in my head too about they, them pronouns, Mm -hmm. Uh, whenever you feel nervous about using the they, them pronoun, I just suggest using the person's name. Mm -hmm. So rather than, you know, tripping up pronouns, it's like, Samantha. We didn't put that in the book. I don't think. I think I did. I don't think so. I don't remember that. Oh, really? That's a good note. I like that. That'll be in the uh, 10 year edition. There you go. (laughs) I don't remember that. The update edition. Yeah. Yeah, But But that's a See, that would help. That helps us. Yeah. Yeah. It's very Uh, helpful to say. Because you say something that we can use, we immediately get it. Yeah. 100%. Brittany likes to crochet. Would Brittany like that? Yeah. 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 Can can we get Brittany this instead of her or they? Yep. That. I just believe a lot. Na- Thank I, you. To be fair, we have a natural sort of, I don't say aversion, but discomfort with using confusing grammar. Yes. Just, I agree. We, we've been speaking a certain way our whole life. And and we're being asked now to like scratch the record. You know, I and think you're right. It yeah. may be about the grammar because what I was thinking to myself, my private thought, which may be inappropriate. So I apologize <laughs> ahead of time. I thought to myself, 
Why can't we just have a brand new pronoun? It, that's where that's where I are, think too. I mean, there's Zizer. That's where I think too. Why can't there's we have one that's grammatically good? Uh huh. We, we do talk about that. We do. Yeah, there's yeah. a whole table on the different. Pronouns. I don't remember Zizer. Well, we, we I probably couldn't see read. the table. Yeah. It actually got so involved. We had to cut it down. Yeah. It this really is like, involved. in terms of just like what exists out there, this is like very rudimentary, very introductory. Got it. Okay. Um. And and you know, if the language is constantly evolving, the identity pronouns and and you know titles are constantly changing like mm -hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if in 10 years this is you know obsolete in right. some way um but i will say you know the more i meet people who are non-binary and use they them pronouns it is less about a grammatic kind of calculation and more of like oh that person is they them and to you know you know there may be times when you like accidentally say she or whatever all you can do is apologize and move forward. Right. Um, but I, I don't know. I think it's interesting because like 10 years ago, I feel like there wasn't a conversation about non-binary individuals oh, at no. all. Are you kidding? No. Yeah. <laughs> and so 10 years ago, the, the, no. No, no, which is years ago. Yeah, no. Five years ago. It's At least uh, for our popular, our generation. Yeah. yeah. Even me, like in college, it wasn't even really, I don't know if I knew anybody with they, them pronouns. It's happened so quickly too. Yeah. I feel like that's part of it is that it's, I feel like my grandmother, you know, when the phones went from like the flip phone to the smartphone, it happened so fast. Everybody was totally on a smartphone. She was like, yeah, I'm never doing that. I, I don't feel like, yeah, know, I'm never doing that, I, but I feel lost. Yeah. And I have you know, a new view uh, and uh, around your age is where I, I'm, I'm a little older than you and where I started getting this idea that I used to think history was this slow evolving arc. It, it's lurching forward. Right. It, it, it is. You see a few of these lurches and you go, whoa, they're unsettling. It's true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me see what else I wrote down. I love this book. I thought it was so great. We um, appreciate that. Thank you. I love the questions for the adults at the end of the book. They're questions that you give for your teenager to ask their parent or their adult or someone close to them. I thought that was really great because once again, you know, not... George is highly verbal. That girl, not really six months, but birth practically was talking full sentences. I mean, could express herself verbally. Isla has never been a verbal expression person. She expresses herself physically, like she draws things or she sings things, but she's not good at saying, hey, I'm uncomfortable with this. Mm -hmm. That doesn't naturally come to her. Um, so giving a child like Isla a list of questions gives her a voice that she may not be able to come up with on her own. Oh, and as you, you notice, know? when she heard Paulina saying those things, when you're listening to the audio tape, she can, oh, that's good. I that's can grab good, onto yes. that. And we really, I think we had the younger kids in mind when we were thinking about these questions, mm -hmm. you know, because they, they really do need explicit direction. You know, yes. they, they, they need stuff that they can sort of use specifically. Because no mm. is not specific. Mm -hmm. Um and no doesn't always mean no. It's very confusing sometimes, I think. Well, people, you know, it's a boundary issue, right? Mm -hmm. People are not taught to honor no. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, no is the first line of defense, right? Mm -hmm. Like we we have in there, no is a complete sentence that should stop someone in their tracks. Sure. But there are going to be over the course of, you know, figuring out interpersonal relationships, going to be points in which boundaries are crossed. Mm -hmm. And so the goal was to give as many options for verbalizing that kind of, um, for lack of a better word, violation. And, you know, it means a lot that Isla resonated with at least even just one phrase, you know, if, if 
I feel like if we can get one kid with one phrase mm-hmm. out of this yeah. book, that is a success. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Okay. Another thing I really liked was your talk about um, alcohol and drugs. Mm. This is something that, because we have a 17 year old, we have, um, we are that weird parent who doesn't let their kid drink. You know, we, we were sending her to a party not long ago and the parent called me and said, I'm not providing alcohol, but if it shows up, I'm not stopping it. And I just want you to know that. And I went, well, I just want you to know that's illegal. And my child is not allowed to do illegal activity. I don't have a judgment on drinking. Clearly, look who I'm married to. <laughs> I have a judgment on illegal activity. Yeah. And I cannot. There's an easy way to draw the line of the sand. Oh, super easy. Yeah. Until you're 21, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm out of the picture. Yeah. It's what, illegal. what other illegal activities do I allow you to do? None. Yeah. Right? Okay. You can't drive somebody until you've been driving for a year. No. It's So it's very easy. But then we also have this conversation you touched on in here where that she talked about. I'm not, I'm not yeah. living yeah. in a cave. Yeah. Yeah. I know no, that you're going to do this shit. Yeah. We're not, we're not saying, uh, we're not naive to what yes. the impact of all this. No, what's happening here, yeah. 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 but you're not allowed. Yeah. But if you're in this situation, here's what you should do. And you did that in yeah. this book where if you're not feeling well, stop. If you're feeling these things, stop. Don't go somewhere by yourself. Mm-hmm. Go somewhere with a group of trusted friends and help each other and keep up with each right. other. Yeah. I, I'm, I've always been disturbed by the argument that arming people with measures, mm-hmm. whether it's a seat belt or a condom, somehow encourages behaviors. That, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just I, I disagree with that philosophy. It's, it's asinine. Wrong. It's asinine. Yeah. You make things very clear. Yes. And then it should Unfortunately, something happened. Yep. I definitely want you armed with good material. Yes, you prepared. Know, to yeah. Yeah. Just about so, being informed yeah. and prepared. Yeah. yeah. So I loved that part of the book because I, I first of all, it made me go, oh, Burton, I did it right. Good. <laughs> okay. That was a good call. And then second of all, I thought more parents need to, I think more parents need to have that perspective because I think it is, it's, not, it's a lack of boundary. It's lack of boundary. It's a fear of being an authority. It's a fear of being... There's so much from our generation was about casting off the yoke of a previous generation mm-hmm. that we're afraid to become the, what our parents were to us. Right. So we're uncomfortable. We'll do it, but we're uncomfortable with it. We're awkward with it. Mm-hmm. And you just need to be super clear and direct. And Right. That's yeah. it. Uh, we're very good. We just busted Georgia breaking a, a, a law the other day. Good I times. busted her cold, <laughs> cold and clear. And there was no getting out of it. No lying. <laughs> and, uh, I have to say that it was. You're gonna have trouble dropping the axe, though. I, I now that no, I no no no. Did you? Uh, oh no no no. Okay, when right. it is, here's what I have trouble with: ambiguity. Yeah, if there's yeah. any gray area. If there's any, did she? Didn't she? If I don't have absolute proof, yeah. I have a hard time yeah, dropping well, sure, the axe. Sure. But I saw with my own eyes a law-breaking activity yeah. and went, okay. Done. I have no problem now being the bad guy mm. because I have absolute proof Good. of I'm the bad guy. Excellent. But um, good boundary. Well, in that one circumstance. Boundary anyway. practice. It's good. Um, I really did like the and drinking. And do it with and love, and, love and kindness. I did. And yeah, I, I, I completely get it. Yeah. It's I like, totally it's not, it's not about it. me. It's about no, the uh, law. my job is to drop the axe down. Yeah. Kills me, but. Your choice. You made yeah. the choice. Yeah. You know the law, you broke it. Yeah. Now it's my job to tell you. Yeah. Absolutely no. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you wish you had put in this book that you didn't? You brought something a few minutes ago. <laughs> what was it oh, all about using the names? names. We wish yeah. we'd done that. Because <laughs> it's a pretty complete, I comprehensive. There was nothing we left really, out of it. We really, we really, we busted yeah, ass on we that. Yeah, we tried book. to get it. Like everything. I have no notes. <laughs> um, 
Uh, so I just wondered That's if amazing. you had any notes. I, we really, I, when, it, when it was all done, we felt like we did what it needed to do. Yeah. That, that was, we really both looked at it like this, this book did what it's supposed to do. It's, right. And that's all we can be asked of ourselves or of sure. the book itself. Like this, we, cause it was, it was an interesting, you gotta remember we were walking a specific ba- corridor, which is, we don't want to get too deep into consent and medical legal and all the crap that's it's already, it's out there everywhere. We don't want to get too into plumbing and horrible, you know, it's yeah. kids are exposed to this Anatomy. It's everywhere. They have the internet now. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, what are we, who are we kidding? Yeah. It's available. What do you, how do you navigate your emotional landscape in relating to other human beings given that that's the world we live in where all these things are raining down on us right you did that i think we did very well i would be interested in in doing a sequel that is like the next phase of life like Mm. whether that's just explicitly college or that's like young adulthood Mm -hmm. because i feel like the challenges are different Mm -hmm. like you know in this book we talk about like red flags with adults who are not your parents whether Mm -hmm. that's a teacher or uh, you know, youth leader or whatever it is. Um, I just wonder what we would say when it comes to early adulthood and like what to look out for. It's interesting. I, when you, I've not given that much thought, but it would be hard. It would be much harder. <laughs> really I hard. Think, yeah. And, and it would be much more psychological Interesting. because a lot of the red, and then I get worried because we're giving people explicit prescriptions That's given true. certain psychological. So maybe we'll just stick to this age group. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I'll tell you this. We could do yeah. it. Um, uh, one of my po- most popular podcasts is I sat with two friends and talked about our 20s versus our 30s versus our 40s. Mm. Yeah. And what the difference was and what the challenges were. Th- this is what she's talking and about. There's a great book out there called Passages that was about mm. that. One of the very first books, the Gail Sheehy, I think. I, get that, I recognize that name. I, I, I think don't... it was her. I think it was her. Anyway, I wrote. I read that uh, after I graduated college. And I, I was taken with it. It was so comprehensive in, in looking at these different stages of life. I could not. I could not find anything relatable or interesting after about the 40s. I was, right? I was like, it was too far. Yeah. Oh, I'm never going to make now it I'm there. I'm going to go get that book on the way home. But yeah, anyway. me too. I was like, passages. I'm going to buy that and see what yeah. it says. Um, but it, 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 that needs an update. It's somebody else told me they were going to write something like that. Too, yeah. So, yeah. I bet that should, but that would be a good update. Yeah. Because I, I bet it looks different now than it did when she well, wrote she it. Well, she actually, I think she has, she has a website now and all this probably. stuff. It's probably updated. Uh, that, But we, we could maybe take, again, a different angle given yeah. it's all out there maybe we could take a different well, tcb as a framework yeah, yeah, well yeah. i have an idea for you mm-hmm. for based years. on this girl scout badge that i'm working on that's women's health which could be applied to health in general is what we were interested in in talk exposing the girls to is how to handle your mental health in general mm. how to know when this is a mental health crisis or when this is not a mental yeah. health crisis yeah when do you need to seek help when do you not yeah what do you look for when you need help how what is treat, an eating disorder kinds of treatments what happens when your roommate has an eating disorder i think yeah. that's our book um, <laughs> yeah. i think that i would i would love that book for my kids because Mental health has been a focus of mine for me personally since I was 23. It's been my one of my main focuses in my life and going into therapy and really digging into the trauma I experienced as a child completely changed my life. Yeah. I would never be happy. I would I would probably to be honest with you have be dead. I would have drank myself to death. Um and I just want so much for anybody who's in pain to have some information because sometimes I know on my podcast, I'll talk about stuff with my mom because a lot, almost all my trauma came from my mom. Mm. 
uh, people will email me and say, I have that same story and I didn't know anybody else did. Mm. Mm, that's and, common. And feeling. I didn't know what to do. And I've read some books that were directly related to how mm. I discovered what was going on with my mom. And they'll email me later and go, I read that book. It's exactly of the same reaction you had. Thank you so much. Because we just don't know where to find that. I think if you had one book that said, here's depression. This is situational depression. This is chemical depression. Yeah. This is whatever yeah, yeah. depression is. In in the way that you did this book where it's super easy to digest mm. and understand and you have resources in the back where you can get more information, just like a, a mental health for dummies, it, it but is, better. Yeah, it, it is a good idea. I, I mean, one of the things that hope come out of this one too is that a lot of people, parents get confused too between when they're having a mental health problem at home versus a parenting problem. Right. It's very hard for them to tell the difference. That is very true. Now yeah. that you say that, there yeah. are so many parents that I have in my life where I go, I think you just need some boundaries. I think you just need to like not let him get away with that. Yeah. And, I, and on my end, I oftentimes see people like, no, 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 stop coming at this child let's get this child a doctor let's get let's get right. this evaluated see what's and how going to on know here. the difference yeah it's hard it's not easy oh i can only imagine right. i think the resource for maybe not 12 years old but maybe high school college age because once you get out on your yeah. own and some mental health things don't show up my, i didn't know that i was off in a ditch until i was like literally off in a ditch and was <laughs> like oh i got arrested i got, I got a dui when i was 20 and I was, they put me in jail and my uncle was also in jail for DUI that day. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> it's the best. And I started going. Where were you? Just set huh, the scene for us. Interesting. What? I was in my hometown in, in Bowden, Georgia. I was actually in Carrollton, which was the neighboring town. It was four o'clock in the morning. I'd been drinking for hours. I drank. Th that can go two ways. You know, when, when you're in there with your uncle, you could become comrades in resistance and your disease of alcohol. Yeah, right. Or it is. Luckily, yeah. he was also schizophrenic. So I had oh, okay. no okay. connection right. with that. Right. But I literally would, they, they wouldn't put me in the drunk tank because it was all men. Mm. Oh, so man. I had to sit in an office with a female uh, <laughs> officer oh, until hysterical. my ex-boyfriend's drunk dad picked me up also <laughs> drunk. <laughs> I heard him open the front door of the police station and go, where's my goddamn daughter? Where, where, and I went, oh, where, where are your ancestors from? Uh, your ancestors, not, not your, not your family in the Bowden, South, Georgia. I'm, no, we've been there for so long. I, yeah, it's Revolutionary I think, War. A lot of them came in during the Revolutionary War. I think we're Scottish. Yes. It's English Highlands, Scottish. Pretty yeah. sure. There's a, there's a famous book called the Albion Seed. And it's, and it's, <laughs> and it's about the Scottish and English Highlands that came in through the Carolinas and down into the South. And Georgia. And they were essentially, you watch Game of Thrones? Yeah. Essentially wildlings. Yeah, no, I know, yeah, yeah. yeah. You already told me once I was a wildling. <laughs> I, I probably did. You did. Okay. You were like, oh, you're a wildling. And <laughs> so, I went, I think you may be right, because I probably could survive in that tundra by myself yeah, with and, nothing and but brought, a knife. And they brought wonderful stuff with them in, they terms, did. Of, in terms of their creativity and their Music humanity and, and yeah. just tons of but lots of alcoholism and lots of mental lots, And then the lots. really crazy ones got on wagons and went west. That's right. The really Psychotic. Right? Crazy ones. Yeah, yeah. Left St. Louis and went on through into the uh, Indian territory. The, the, wasn't Georgia originally a, a colony for, for criminals? Yes. Yes. It's where they sent all the criminals. Yeah, from yeah. England. Very, very originally. Uh, right. yeah. But this, well, this is a different early. thing. This, okay. is, this, is the, this came in through the Carolinas and settled lots of Well, my oh, people are yeah. Appalachian. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we are still in 
where I grew up has a little bit of Appalachian Mountain, just a little bit. Turkey Heaven Mountain, because that's an appropriate name, Turkey Heaven. Yeah. But um, Blackjack Mountain, that's, I grew this, up all on that really, area. I mean, it's it's, it's a little dry, Mountain. this book, Albion Sea, but it talks about how there were no weddings. You just you stole your wife. Oh, my you just, God. You just steal them. This it's was like all, a gypsy this wedding. Was, yeah, you just... You just go into the group of gang and you, you kidnap the woman. Just take that's, her. that's your wife. And then they had all kinds of wars and clans and fighting and beating. Well, that still happens. Stuff. The wars and clans I, of fighting and beating. Uh, yeah. You know, Bert and I got married there and we were filling out our, our marriage uh, license application. And question number four was, are you blood relative? And Bert went, what does that mean? And I said, it means are we related? And he went, are you fucking kidding me? And I went, no, it's I'm really actually like not. My boyfriend in high school was my third cousin. And that was as far as I could get. Oh so my uh, yeah, God. we're all yeah. kind of related around here. Gotcha. So I just want to make sure we're not related. It you was crazy. You did not have to check off that box. No, it did not. We were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> where, where are Bert's ancestors from? Do you know? Uh, they're Irish German. Oh, yeah, Philly and New Jersey. Kreischer is a very German name. German, yeah. I feel like and, I see the German uh, thing. But German, like during pre-second, first world war type. Oh, they were here way before. before. Yeah, way yeah before. they were here before. Yeah. And then Bert's mom yeah. is Hobson. She's very Irish. Yeah. Um, the Hobsons, I guess, were all the, um, I don't know, butlers. They were like oh, high-end butlers in Philly. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, but then her, she came from a, lot, a, a very wealthy family. So he, uh, the last Hobson butler clearly parlayed into some good business I, activity. I, I enjoyed so, meeting them so much at his, uh, at the improv. They really are lovely. They are yeah. very sweet, yeah. lovely people. They're very proud of Bert. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Or Bert got a huge award at the, and it was given at the improv and all the. And your mom and dad came. Well, and, but, it's, but it was like all the brass from Hollywood was there, you know, yeah. to congratulate him and his parents wow. showed up and, you know, it was really a, really a lovely event. It was really, really yeah. great. It yeah. was really the most important people to Bert. Everybody that, that was there was the most important people, you know. And he spoke about everybody, like from the heart. I mean, it was yeah. very, quite That's emotional. That's beautiful. Thing, yeah. He was very moved. Yeah. He's a very sweet man. Mm. With all his anxiety and quirks and eccentricities, at the root of it, he's you, a very you get, lovely you get, man. You get all one and all the other. You get you get a mix. You get you get, get the good with the bad, very, so to speak. I mean, just very. I true. like I like all his. I don't. I'm not his wife, but I I don't mind all. <laughs> I don't mind all that stuff at all. The only I like thing I don't like stuff. is that he's extremely extremely messy, mm. slob. Doesn't clean up after himself. If that improved. I think I would that's be the one super, thing. that's the one, cause I am super tidy and I feel mm. like I spend most of my time making my environment mm. peaceful for me because so, that is so not on his radar. There's a radar. reality show in this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if he could just meet me in the middle yeah. and when we first got married, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm not, I, I just, I would just appreciate it if you were aware that you're living with me. Like I was pregnant with Georgia and he left a laundry basket. It, like he left his suitcase open in the middle of the floor and I was carrying a laundry basket and fell oh. into oh his suitcase because I didn't know it was there and I couldn't see yeah. it. Yeah. And then he said to me, I think you're trying to change who I am. Oh, and my I went, God. no, I just don't want you to leave the suitcase in the floor. I don't we, think we meanwhile a, you're pregnant with child. We, we have a famous story <laughs> yep. where... Susan was trying to get me to remember to put the seat down on the toilet. When she was a, pregnant with triplets. Well, no, no, no. Oh. It went on well before that. But when she was pregnant with triplets, maybe six, I mean, really pregnant with triplets. The seat was up. She oh. fell in and couldn't get out. Oh, my God. She was trapped for like an hour. <gasps> it wasn't an no. hour. It wasn't an hour, but it was longer than uh, it was Long enough. Yeah, long enough to be really like, like 
I was a changed man instantly. <laughs> it was like, wow. Like, okay, got it. Like I so still, much I'm not 100, percent but I'm pretty good now. So if I, I get trapped story. on the toilet now, do you think it well, would change? No, it's not. So, <laughs> I, I'm surprised the falling in the suitcase didn't do it. Frankly, so, so you're gonna have to fall down the stairs, break your hip. I guess. No, 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 <laughs> I have no idea. Tripping over his big size 13 shoes. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's the one thing. If I could change something about Bert, it would be that just his awareness that he lives with another person who doesn't like living like that. No. But you know, in his defense. He's in a hotel all the time. You got you got it's to find the motivation. You yeah. got to find that motivation. It's like stopping drinking or maybe a sticker, or chart. Like, a sticker chart. A sticker chart. He gets a gold star every time. <laughs> well, he would want to know what he gets for that gold star. Yes. I'd have to quantify well, you, you that. Yeah. that. That out, may be but... more than I need to pay. Uh, that would be too high a price for me. Uh. Um, you covered everything I didn't cover on my list. I thought this was a great book. I've already given it to two people. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's so we nice. love it. Thank I you was so like, much. You really, need this book. It was a great experience to write it. We got closer. Oh, we, I do have one yeah. more question. Huh. What was the hardest part about reading this book? What was the most difficult? Um, every six weeks I called my dad afraid that our relationship was only a working relationship. And that felt very problematic to me. And so... I would argue that was every three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, because we would like have these like, because I'm in New York. And so, you know, if my parents come to town, I'll see them a few times. But I, you know, also throughout COVID, I was not here. Mm. And so the only contact I was having with my dad was in a professional context. Mm -hmm. And so I felt unsupported in a parental context. Mm. And so it just led to a lot of crying. Oh, <laughs> but I, but I feel like we got through it. That yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think I, I, I feel like we've been able to, and I was worried and I was worried about this part the when we're going out and book tours and peering all over the place is yeah. that she would somehow that would feel weird to you. I, but I feel like we yeah. stayed father and daughter during those experiences. Right. Well, that's good. I yeah. feel like this book provided the framework for us to jump off of for this media tour. Like, mm -hmm. The, like yeah, we yeah, had yeah. conversations writing yeah. this book of course but like repeating it over and over again and like having the conversation over and over again is like really forcing us to listen to each other in a way right that i think wouldn't have been facilitated except for this book no that's true that's it's awesome. true you, you you really hear stuff and then we we respond in different ways sometimes mm -hmm. now and yeah did you learn something about the other that you weren't expecting to learn or that you were happy to learn I feel like I've learned that my dad is a lot more, um, I mean, I always knew that he's a cautious person, but sort of the, the, my own, I guess I was able to really think about my own sort of like cautious voices in my head and what, why they were planted there. And I was like, Oh, because of my dad, <laughs> like specifically the drugs and alcohol chapter, like it's like, oh, no wonder I didn't touch anything for the first 18 years of my life. I had this guy citing off, you know, statistics every day. Not right. statistics. My experience. Yeah, yeah. Dead, totally. dead kids. Lots of yeah. dead kids. Yeah, and I that that informs you in a way that you just you can't do other than what you need to do. Right. Uh, Scared and I saw lots of dead kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's but, it was not. And I told you when I first had that conversation, I'm like, you know what I do for a living? It's, a, it's what informs me. And I have to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, you have been a great public service, I think, to a lot of people. I watch Celebrity Rehab every single episode um, and because I have addiction in my family mm. and I learned from it. I mean, Good. obviously, it was, was a voyeuristic type of way of learning but, but in a does, certain it, way. That was to get you in. That was to the, get the you in. The goal was to yeah. teach you about this yes. process. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. very smart. Yeah. And uh, you were so gracious. Every single episode, uh, I... I 
I, um, you know, we're in contact with a lot of those people now. We have more contact lately. There are a lot of them doing really well. That's so really great. Well. I'm really glad some, to hear Some that. are gone. This is a fatal illness, you know, and it was my peers that killed them, frankly, giving them the fucking opiates and benzos, mm-hmm. uh, which makes me insane. Mm-hmm. But that's how that happens. Uh, but many of them really did well. That's so great. Yeah. You should be proud of yourself and they should be proud of well, themselves. Well, they should because- be proud of themselves. I, I just, as my patients are always encouraging humility they just go you just kind of turn us in the right direction we got to do it. I, I, you're right that's right i just sort of show you where to go that's right you but if you're you not don't. but they hadn't found it before you so clearly you are good at showing them well, and and that and much to my amazement that experience in that show the cameras had a positive experience the the because it kept them in treatment they wanted to get paid and they wanted to be on tv so they stayed right. many times people leave treatment when they get right. when they get stuff so i could push in during that show and they stayed that's great which was amazing and we and there was a transformation in every patient which i was i was thank god which was they went from resistant they wanted to screw us up they wanted to be on tv they wanted to make money they didn't give a shit to oh my god you're taking this seriously to wanting to be an example for other people. Oh, that's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. How it's, powerful. It's interesting because a lot of people will be like, you know, whenever I bring up celebrity rehab, like a lot of people feel like it was an exploitative yeah, enterprise. I, to me, that's like, ask the patients. Well, ask the, uh, number one, wait, all but, reality television is exploitative. Well, no, wait a minute. Degree, Hang, so, so when we do this, my response is, so we do an appendectomy on TV, that that's okay, but to discuss brain disease is not okay? That's right, unbelievable right. to me. Well, that's I, yeah. stigmatizing. What that's I insane. always say, though, is like, I feel like the discourse around addiction was catalyzed by that show in this country. That's true. I hope like, so. There wasn't sort of a large understanding of what addiction looked like and mm-hmm. that it could also have treatment mm-hmm. yep. options. Yep. I agree with you. That um, was our goal. That but was really I, our I, goal. But I also just think that reality television is just exploitive. Any way you look at it, it's like, okay, the Kardashians are being exploited, but they're fine. You know? Right. Well, it's they like, all agreed to it. So if everyone's in agreement, well, maybe, you know, we need to figure out what we mean by exploitative. You know what I mean? Because d- d- like, does Kim Kardashian feel exploited? That's an interesting question. Is, is she yeah. feel exploited? Do the producers, a producer, does Ryan Seacrest, who produces it, feel like feel like he's exploiting her? Is he worried that he is? Be interesting. Probably not. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, they're executive producers, so I guarantee you, nothing is out there that they don't want out there. Yeah. So then, how they would be exploiting themselves? Yeah. If they're but, signing off on but, everything we get to see, then they've. But, but we have to really think of. Uh, that's, we we should talk more about interesting that, question. I'm interested in but what, what, what people would, mean. What did by you that. learn about Paulina? What an amazing writer she is. I learned about her uh, her experience with uh, fourth wave feminism and how mo- moving that was for her. And I came to understand it better because of her experience and how much I love working with her and what a great joy it is to you know, be a part of this. That's yeah. awesome. Well, I love this book. I really, really do. I actually made book club it also. I'm not joking because the two people I gave it to are my two book clubbers, and I was like, "We may need to book club this book." So I might give us some feedback when you you, you want a guest speaker. I'll come. Okay, yeah, I would love that. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be interesting. I love a book group. Oh well, you know, I book club every 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 month. We have a book club on my. You guys are separated at birth or something, right? We might have been. (laughs) You come over anytime. Talk to me about books. I'm down. Whatever. Um, Thank you so much for coming today. You know, it's been a dream of mine to have you on my podcast, and I've always been too shy to ask. So I was so flattered. Freaking kidding me. If you want me back anytime, (laughs) seriously, I'm I'm being dead serious with you. Anytime. 
Well, Practice you. your boundaries and to trust well, no, yourself. No, no, the reason <laughs> is the reason is I know how busy you he are. Does, I, you are so I, I busy. Have, but I, I'm not that, so, I'm not as busy as I have been, and I have priorities. I can prioritize things. Well, so you guys will be a priority. Please, please, please. Don't, and don't I'm going to talk. Ask you afterwards if you want to come back and talk to me about I something would, else. But I'm going to ask ooh, you. Ooh, I love this. Is intriguing. I'm Say in. It. Anyway, it doesn't have to be awkward. By Dr. Drew and. Paulina Pinsky, pick it up. Audiobook, Amazon, wherever you buy. I'll put a link on my website. Um, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. This has been we'll be back. really lovely. Please become back. We'll yes. be back. Please. For sure. Yes.